Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Dualscale, that is a beautiful, beautiful <laughs> mug. Where did you get it from, good sir? He's not just complimenting me on my beautiful, shiny <laughs> face. No, no, no. People listening to the UBP, the UBP, the UBP. The UBP. All the untitled banter podcast. I have <laughs> finally got my hands on my own mug. Hooray. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Look at it. I'm rotating it like it's part of some crappy QVC. In fact, it's just QVC <laughs> at this point here. You can buy these mugs now. Why don't you tell them the very short and catchy link that they can get their <laughs> mugs from, mate? The, uh, the URL that just rolls off the tongue is at Walker. <laughs> culture-wrestling.creator-spring.com I tell you what what, massive shout out to everybody who's bought a mug so far you guys have helped us become the best selling piece of merch on that entire website so huge shout out to the UBP mug massive I cannot um, believe that that, like to all the other people that have worked so hard to get their products onto the the marketplace (laughs) and then there's us two absolute idiots some onions with mugs that just come on here just like (laughs) peeling all over the place just going yes mate buy our mugs buy our some doodle daddies I think I don't know if we're we're beating the entirety of creative dash spring I only have stats for the the walk let's just say we are. Let's just let's just say that the uh, we're doing pretty well. And um, also, want to do a massive shout out to Bungalist Massive for this week's thumbnail. They submitted a really lovely, colourful version of it. It looked UBPR, great, didn't it? Which, if I've clicked the right buttons, should be the thumbnail for this podcast. Um, <laughs> but yes, this is the UBP, the UBP, the UBP, UBP, where myself, Scott Tilford, is joined by Jules Gill, going through all sorts of questions and talking points and whatever you guys want to send in. Um, so, first question from James Gutierrez, who says, "Love the mugs, but when will we get UBP branded robes?" Also, Whoa. thoughts on the Witcher One remake from the ground up using Unreal Engine Five. Now, I had not even thought about UBP robes because we, we had Gown robes. Gang for the longest time, didn't we? When we, we did started have Gown Gang, um, when we started the lockdown recordings, and neither of us could be uh, what's the what's the technical term? Oh yeah, bothered to get <laughs> dressed at all. Um, yeah, we were in it our was the whole time. Yeah, we were in our dressing gowns pretty much like the entire day, weren't we? See, when they said robes, I. Thought Thought like silk robes, like like what, beautiful, like kingly robes. Finally, <laughs> yeah, like kingly robes, like what King Josh was wearing on the video, which will be live at this point. Actually, go watch our Valiant video. Yes, um, but yeah, that's what I was thinking of. If they mean dressing gowns, then that's way more doable, like a, a towel towel dressing gown. That would actually be really cool because you could have uh, my face on one and then your face on the other variant as mm-hmm, well, or mm-hmm. you could have one that has both of our faces on the back, and that would actually be really nice. You know, <laughs> maybe what? one on I, each shoulder. Or I, I'm surprised that Spring doesn't offer dressing gowns. I mean, I, maybe it does, mm. and I'm completely missing this we'll actually have a look at this because i'm gonna petition as that's next thing my goal is to whatever the people want mm-hmm. i'm gonna make it happen because the best part of this is scott and i receive zero percent that is right zero <laughs> percent of all of the sales from this so this 
is literally just a joke for us. It's for love. Yeah, for, for love. love and sharing. Yeah, I wanted to see what else we can get put together because I do want to do a range of uh, mugs in general for What Culture mm-hmm. Gaming. I want to get a, a regular podcast one going and a wind-up one for me and Josh with our faces from the, uh, yeah, the wind-up artwork too and um, get a whole round of them going. Um, but yeah, what do you think of The Witcher 1 remake? This was the uh, the leaked game that was initially, yep. initially codenamed as um, Canis Majoris or something like that. Which makes um, sense now then, because of Wolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what that is? Well, I, didn't, well, I didn't know well, that. Canis, Canis is wolf or Latin for uh, the uh. the wolf subbreed. So I think that Majoris is is the big the big wolf. Is that, uh. is that like I, I guess that's the most that makes like, perfect sense. I was trying to go off like Canis Canum edit, like you know when they renamed Bully in the UK. Oh yeah, that because that, that means like, dog eat dog. dog. Yeah, which I guess is you know, dog wolf. It's not because too far edit up. is Latin for kill, effectively. So when you're yeah. saying I'm editing, you're killing something to reborn it. So when it's dog eat dog, it's that's the dog kill dog in this sense. That's cool. Um, but yeah, so CDPR finally got out there and confirmed uh, one of the leaked projects that they had in the works, saying that they're remaking the original Witcher using Unreal Engine Five. And mm-hmm. um, they'll have to completely remake Geralt because Geralt in Witcher yes. One looks. He's, right, he he's so ill. He's so very <laughs> ill that somebody should just give him a warm blanket and a cup of hot tea because he needs mm-hmm. to sit down. He should not Sitting be out down. witchering right now. But <laughs> I'm so glad that they are because this is one of the very few remakes uh, in recent memory, thanks to Sony completely dropping the ball on the entire concept, that mm. feels deserved. This is a remaster or remake that they can go into and address so many of the issues. And CD Projekt Red have a great reputation with this very specific example of the first Witcher for mm-hmm. taking on fan feedback and changing everything because I don't know if you remember that when the rich that when the Witcher released uh, way back way mm-hmm. it wasn't in a good state at all it was oh no it was a good game but it was hampered by so many UI issues so many bugs so many like issues in general Mm-hmm. So they took on that feedback and they released a massive patch that fixed nearly everything. And it took oh, them, the enhanced edition? Yeah, it took them like a mm-hmm. year and a half after the game was released in order to do this. So mm-hmm. if they take the same careful approach, apply that to the the feedback they got for the enhanced edition, we could be looking at a game that is arguably better than The Witcher 3, which Woo-hoo! many people hold in very high regard. I do. The thing with The Witcher 1 is that it's nowhere near as big as Witcher 2 or 3. Like they sort but that's of fine, on a- isn't it? That's yeah. The, oh yeah, the, I like yeah. the idea of them being a bit more focused. Because the thing is, I wonder if like making a more focused overall game like direction or whatever means that you can kind of prioritize visuals or prioritize certain set pieces yeah. or whatever. Like some of my favorite parts of The Witcher Three are like um, defending Kermor and like the uh, mm-hmm. the whole mm-hmm. um, siege on Kermor, and it's such a great set piece. And it's like I've not played through The Witcher One. Like I downloaded it, I played the very beginning of it, um, but I was like this. I just kind of did it as like a curio. I was just like, what does this feel yeah. like? And it is old, like 2007, I think. Yeah, it's um, it's a yeah. challenging game when you especially compare it to the ease of accessibility that The Witcher mm. 3 offers. And I think that um, the, the Witcher 1 is probably deeper, I would say, in terms of the way you can approach combat with mixing potions oh, okay. and all of the other crazy stuff you can do. But mm-hmm. I do feel like to people coming in, uh, mm-hmm. it's... It is quite daunting. So if they address that and they give us sort of middle ground between the accessibility of Witcher 3 and the sort of customization of Witcher 1, we could get something that's Mm. really spicy and I'm very Mm -hmm. much here for it. I like the idea of the elemental stuff as well kind of being relied on more. Like, I know that obviously in the other Witches, like, if you um, crank the difficulty up, it's like, it's one of those things where, like, it's like you're going to go down in one hit unless you have a specific elemental yes. buff or something. Yeah. Um, and I kind of like the idea of that, like, pre- preparing for certain fights and stuff and some of the higher levels in Witcher 3. I, I did like that, but then sometimes for me, it was just a bit too, like, stat graphy, where I was just like, oh, I've mm. not got the exact number right and now i'm down again and i've got yeah. to go try again and eat this potion and whatever it's but kind of a bit weird a as well it. because like imagine if you're told it's like oh there's a fight 
coming up you need to prepare for it and you go okay well i'm just going to stack a lot of generic buffs on there but like you say you might come up against something that is completely resistant except for one elemental thing that you didn't prepare for mm. so you mm. die you reload and you basically just apply all the stuff you've got for that now mm-hmm. that to me on paper doesn't actually seem like as great a feature as is intended no. because you're mm. not actually preparing for the fight you're basically just playing the game the way it wants to be played and have mm. to die in order to learn from your mistakes in order to do it and it's it's not really <laughs> changing much apart from somebody who would normally just walk into a battle die and then change their gear and do it anyway like it's yeah that's true yeah. I, just, I just wonder like if they can kind of make witcher combat feel a bit more distinct like i like witcher 3's like pirouetting sort of acrobatic yeah. stuff yeah. i like dropping the signs and everything but yeah it depends how much they want to flesh out from the original um because even the con- the camera is like right over Geralt's shoulder it's way more like one-on-one yeah yeah, yeah. Um, kind of like a bit like god of war i guess so yeah i guess we'll see what they do but being on unreal engine 5 is very promising like obviously the overall look of unreal 5 mm-hmm. just does look insane that feels like that's when the generation kicks in mm-hmm. is when more games have that overall and um, so tentatively excited for me it's been forever since the witcher one so i kind of i'm curious what they uh, how they approach it now obviously this has just been leaked so we don't actually have any confirmed like dates that it's going to be dropping do not we? any dates they just uh, they confirmed cdpr themselves said it was in production but i don't think they've sketched any dates out for it if they do it's just years in advance because i yeah as far as i know it's not very far along i'm still absolutely aghast at how many new projects they're taking on at the moment because it's got this we've got the new cyberpunk game we've got the cyberpunk expansion we've got mm-hmm. some other witcher sequel trilogy the that they've, witcher game, yeah. there, there's a lot of big projects that they're working on and it took them how many years to put cyberpunk punk out there was like what seven eight oh years? in total it was like eight or something like yeah. 2013 i think was when it first got talked about and if they're going to start trying to roll out these releases closer together in order to capitalize mm. on the popularity of the witcher i really hope that we're not going to see another launch day debacle that was like cyberpunk i mean that's the thing they don't have a good reputation for releasing games well i mean witcher one no. as it first uh, was we just uh, described it came out in a not perfect state. Cyberpunk, Even the Witcher Three I mean, didn't didn't launch very well. Like I yeah. mean, it, it took like a good few patches to get that sorted. Like that thing's launch day state wasn't the best. Like it, yeah. And I think they'll get there over time. But yeah, I mean, even that new Witcher project is a trilogy. Like they, but then they were asked about that, and they said they had some some way of doing it where they can do three games. I'm sure it's one every year or one every two years or something. So I guess they know what they're doing. They kind of need to rebuild their reputation, but it's yeah. kind of it's betting it all on this. Like if they can pull this off, then cool. But this seems like a hell of a thing to to try after Crazy. Cyberpunk was on fire. Um, but yes, um, next question from Matthew McGowan, who says, Sub-Zero, Scorpion, or Reptile? Oh, great question. <laughs> oh, that's Top really question. tough. Well, the thing is, is that if I'm going to go absolute cheese, then for mm. me, it's uh, Scorpion, just because of the fact that he was utterly broken in Mortal Kombat 10, uh, for a while <laughs> at least, just the, the ease of which he was able to spam his abilities, the fact that you've got a teleport thing, the fact that you've yep. got the, um, obviously, the get over here, um, yep. uh, la- what's it called, harpoon? Kuna, Kuna yeah, like chain spear, sort of thing. Yeah. thing yeah. Like there's loads of the stuff that he was just good at. So he was like mm-hmm. the um, the Swiss army knife of fighting against uh, other people. <laughs> uh, so yeah, in terms of if I wanted to win, I would choose Scorpion. It was far easier to use him. I am a huge Scorpion fan. I have figures of Sub-Zero and Scorpion. I feel like Scorpion's like the Mario of Mortal Kombat. Like mm. he's the go-to. He's really good, really cool. But yeah, in MK11, they addressed that, um, the cheesy stuff. Like you have to burn one of his specials to do the get yep. over here thing. Into I'm so one, into glad that they did. 
Yeah, I know. It's, I love MK11. I think it's like the best thing NetherRealm have made. But um, yeah, I'd probably go Scorpion as well. Like I love ice stuff, and I feel like in Scorpion's Revenge, the anime um, Sub Zero is an absolute tank in that thing, yep. and loads of his fatalities about us. But um, yeah, Scorpion as well. The way he, um, the whole beginning of that movie where he's just decimating uh, Sub Zero's clan is great. So, yeah, I'd go Scorpion, even though he's kind of the obvious one. Um, people love Reptile though. Like, where do you come down on on Reptilian Reptile or Ninja Reptile? Well, the thing is, is that Reptile as a whole, well, he was like uh, one of the the first secret characters wasn't he mm. like hinted at throughout mm. the games and then all of a sudden he got his like full release on there and mm-hmm. yeah i i i love what he represents in terms of oh there's a secret character i didn't like his original incarnation which was obviously just a green color palette swap <laughs> but i actually prefer the sort of more reptilian versions of him because mm-hmm. i was like yeah if you're going to call something reptile make him reptilian have him well, like have like spit acid and actually be able to do that with his physiology rather than just hey look i'm a guy down the pub and oh look <laughs> I've vomited acid into my pint of Tetley's. Because I remember everyone who like loved like original Ninja Reptile was like, well, Scorpion's not a scorpion, and like he could become a scorpion in like, Bro, Combat Four. But... Come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, I like because I mean, Reptile's finisher was always eating someone's head. Yeah, like I mean, I mean that's I get... cool. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. So like, I'm full on. I'll take Scorpion out of these three, but I uh, I'm a big fan of Reptilian Reptile as well. Mm, mm, um, next question from Elfar Oliver, who says, do you think we'll ever get rid of big corpo problems? A skin in Overwatch Two for the price of twenty six pounds will only teach companies how to manipulate better and readjust prices. Whoever first launched with 1,000 known bugs just said, we're sorry and took weeks to fix with nothing ever changing. Wait a minute. Did, so, did, is that $26 thing actually true? Oh, yeah. There's, I mean, there's be there's no watch game for $26? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, well, I think it's the amount of coins you need to buy the skin is like 25 or £26 pounds in, in total. It's like a one-off ridiculous transaction. Um, but yeah, and also, insane. I'm, Oh yeah, like nearly everything surrounding Overwatch 2's marketplace is hyperinflated. That entire game feels like it's just taking advantage of a, a fandom's love for something. Like it doesn't feel like they've done anything on their part to be worth new love. Yeah. So it's just sort of here's yeah. the entire marketplace. Go buy as much stuff as you want. Like Overwatch 2, I was I I, I won't lie, I didn't play Overwatch 1 that much uh, but I followed it I followed mm-hmm. a lot of people playing it and you know what I love those animations I think that they mm-hmm. were each like oh, the, yeah, the, awards worthy they were fantastic so when Overwatch 2 was announced and obviously the new PvE feature was rolled out and they were saying oh we're going to update a lot of stuff um mm-hmm. And we're going to make it free to play. I was like, okay, there's an interest in there that's growing within me because the barrier to entry is next to nothing. But mm-hmm. then when I saw what was on offer, I was like, oh, it is just the same game. It's mm-hmm. like there oh, is, it's literally the same. <laughs> there's like, it's not like some of the maps haven't even changed, and they've just they've taken away some of the other ones. And I'm like, this is now it's at night. I was like, oh man, this seems the lowest effort that they could have possibly gone with for that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. So the, the, the I've just had a quick Google because so I wanted to make sure. So it's twenty five dollars um, for one of the witch skins uh, for the new character. Kiriko okay. and her Halloween skin. Um, so, but yeah, it's almost coin based. You need two thousand six hundred coins, which you can't. I think you can get some coins if you grind out enough uh, gameplay. But the I'll whole take hundreds whole of economy, hours, I imagine, will it? Yeah, that whole economy yeah. is very skewed towards like just give us money so you can do the thing. Um, but yeah, that's my overall vibe with Overwatch Two. I've deleted it now. I downloaded it when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Played a handful of matches. Like you said, it was very like, oh, this is just the original again, mm-hmm. um, but with a different um, free to play monetization model around it. And it's effective, I guess, in terms of getting people to play it because it's free to play. Yeah, but that's about it. Like the barrier of entry is lower, but the overall grind is a lot higher. Um, it just doesn't feel good to interact with. It feels like you're being taken advantage of in terms of your fandom or your time. 
I just think it sucks, it's like, re- in that regard. It's a real shame as well, because the PvE feature that I know that many people want isn't even there on the day of no. launch, and it's, like, coming soon, I know. but That was meant to be that, the one big thing yeah, to that, justify Overwatch 2. <laughs> that's actually what I was excited about playing, and when that mm-hmm. comes out, I probably will download it and play, because we were talking about this the other day, weren't we? It was mm-hmm. like, I love co-op games so much more than I love competitive games. Like, if mm-hmm. somebody says, oh, look, there's... Um, like Halo Infinite is only fun if I'm playing with you guys on multiplayer. Oh, okay. I don't, I, I I don't like play. jumping on if it's just going to be Miva and a random group that I don't right, know. Right. And mm. I love the idea of doing co-op stuff. So obviously when that was shelved as well, the co-op um, single player mm. thing, I was like, well, there goes any invested interest that I've got left of this game. In mm-hmm. fact, that circles back to the question we've been answered about big corpo problems. One of their mm. big problems is their refusal to accept that people want to play together sometimes. Mm. And you can still monetize that in some weird ways if you want to but Mm -hmm. the amount of co-op games that I've seen that have just had all of their stuff cut out from them is shocking nowadays well it feels like the only go-to is either it's a four-person loot shooter or Mm. it's competitive PvP Mm -hmm. skill-based matchmaking whatever like it tends to be one of the other two like actual like two-player co-op stuff and done that like steers into it is very rare like It Takes Two is one of the only for me one of the only great co-op games and, and it's it's so rare those types of games yeah. to come out and that's why they're celebrated as much and you think to yourself somebody's got to be looking at this and going oh I wonder It Takes Two has gotten a really good review recently I wonder why <laughs> that is oh because it's addressing a market that still needs to be satiated mm-hmm. and local co-op as well like sitting with someone that you love or care about your friend or whatever and then going through a story together like, that's a whole thing that rarely is ever tapped into look at how much of a blast that we had when we were playing The Valiant the other day like yeah, this, yeah. this is the rare thing is that we do a lot of ad campaign stuff and it's, uh, it's always better if the game that you're playing you actually enjoy and Scott, <laughs> uh, myself and Josh when we played the three player uh, co-op survival thing, we were mm. having an absolute blast we were terrible at it, but it was so <laughs> much fun to do because we hey, were we all there Hey, we got to wave six. We did, and we were like, just 50? having a great time doing that. I've, I've actually <laughs> gone back on it and played it loads more, uh-huh. right, and there's other people that have like helped me get to like the max level and I've been like, oh, these guys, but they are way over leveled already these right, people right. here they've got like crazy skills that I'm looking at going oh that's on the skill tree that's like three pages of scrolling down sort of thing <laughs> we like yeah we barely stood a chance there was a lot of fire and we burned alive but yeah, we, we got yeah. through a few waves <laughs> um, but yeah I think the big corpo thing um, that whole thing of you know, any sort of dev any publisher sorry um, seeing how much they can get away with. I remember with Destiny, it was like they charged like $18 or something for dance emotes. Mm-hmm. There was like two dance emotes that you could pay for. Um, and I think in this case, it's just them seeing what the Overwatch fandom will pay for. And they're yeah. capitalizing on new character, Halloween time period. What price tag can we put on that? And then seeing how many people will pay for it. So those problems, those issues will go away if enough people don't pay for it. I feel like there's been a backlash to this online. Not a massive one. But I've seen a few people sharing like this is too far. Like yeah. this is too much of a price tag for one skin. It's almost the price of... Like you know, half of it. If you double it, it, would be the price of a whole game or something. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess we'll see how it how it shakes out. There'll always be someone trying to take advantage of you in regards to money uh, in video games. Mm-hmm. At the minute, it's just Blizzard. I don't like um, the fact yeah. that there's um as the question posed that they can do this. They can come out. They can basically try and grab as much cash from your wallet as possible. Mm. And then when there's enough backlash, go oh sorry, we're removing it. And then they look like <laughs> they the good guys for doing it. Well, I was actually doing a voiceover <clears throat> for a list the other day, mm-hmm. and the way that it was described is that they um, Starbreeze Studio with Payday 2 they Mm -hmm. didn't have loot boxes or safes in that game until Starbreeze came in and they said we're putting them into the game people backlashed Mm -hmm. and they took them back out again and people praised them and said oh that was a really good call of them to take them out of the game they really showed humility (laughs) I was like no 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 they put them in in the first place you don't give credit for somebody apologising you still have to admonish them slightly for the damage they did 
Yeah, it's that weird. I mean, I, I obviously like, yeah, I do like applaud them listening to feedback, but at the same time, like you said, it, right. it's, well, is, sometimes it's just nakedly opportunistic in the first place. Is it listening to feedback or is it them mm. going, oh, boys, listen, like we've literally seen a massive <laughs> drop in our player base. We are going to go bankrupt if we don't undo this. If, yeah, if, it's they, if their that. player base levels had stayed the same, dipped a little bit, they would have kept them in. It's not mm-hmm. learning from feedback. It's learning from, oh, God, we're going to be punished with the thing that actually matters, which is money. Oh, totally. I mean, the things that you mentioned Halo Infinite before, like that game when it launched had that really pricey grindy oh, uh, storefront fuming and then that. you know there was all the feedback to that and they were like yep we heard you we're gonna change it and it's like halo infinite i i i mean i've got over 100 hours playing that game mm-hmm. but i can't believe the state that thing launched in and continues to be in yeah. the absolute messy rollout all the different experiments that keep doing maybe it's this feature we'll take this out we'll put this map in we'll take it out like just it's, it's all over the flagship game it is the I know. microsoft game and they haven't got it right nintendo are looking there going like whoa say what you like about our first party <laughs> titles costing never going on to sale but mm-hmm. at least we make them bloody well yeah at least we're not tweeting you every week going like is this the, have we got it right yet is it should we change that I, I tell I you what, mate, a little, little sidebar by the way just me and you yeah. here played that Mario Kingdom's uh, uh, Spark of it's, Hope. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's brilliant. It's so I good. Know. It's so good. <laughs> I, I hate the fact that I love it so much. It's so good. Dude, I, 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 yeah, that's the thing because I finished God of War. I can say I finished God of War Ragnarok so okay. my life couldn't resume so I've been going back on Mario and Rabbit. And um, yeah, that game is gorgeous, man. Like it was, the original one was great anyway but I love how in this one they've sort of made it so you, you run around almost like you're in a 3D platformer yeah, and then like you're chaining together yeah, the strategy. not like on the grid stuff. I'm actually, and I know this is going to sound insane for people that have <laughs> followed my career and love of XCOM, but uh-huh. there are elements of that that I hope the future XCOM games borrow because the ability to use your squad mates in tandem in your own go, mm. that is brilliant. That is yeah. something that should be in XCOM games. This is what I tell you in like, 2017. Could you imagine if they um, have it so that your one of your characters runs across, you know they have like the big mechanised uh, turret mm. systems there, runs across there, the, mm. cover, the system moves with it to provide covering fire against the um, thing, so it ends mm. its turn together and allows it, like, there's combinations that could easily work so well with that game. Dude, I mean, that whole thing of, like, you can leap off, um, like, your friends or whatever and get yeah. to places. You can sort of, like, slide into enemies, do a bit of damage, chip damage or whatever. And that's all part of your one go. And you can go back and forth between your team and, like, advance together yeah. and then end yeah. your turn and then do the next thing. Yeah, man, I think that thing has a really good strategic soul to it. But it's also quite fresh and it feels like a platformer in, in spots. Um, but and then it's not stupidly it's... difficult either. So you don't feel too no. bad if your plan doesn't work out. There's always mm-hmm. a way to come back from defeat. Whereas in XCOM, as we both know, if you mm. make a mistake, oh, sorry, you're dead. Not even, yeah, yeah, not yeah. even the next turn. Like 10 turns down the line, you've doomed yourself. Also, score by Grand Coco and um, Gareth Coker from mm. like mm. Grand Coco at this stage. One of the best like, bra- like brass style scores, like really bombastic old school cartoon kind of energy. I love that dude. I love his approach to music and com- com- composing and everything. Um, and yeah, that whole game, just it's just gorgeous. Like, I'm absolutely loving it. Have you ever seen um, his um, little uh, conversation piece that he did with the Game Grumps uh, years oh, and no. years ago? That was when John Tron was still a part of it with uh, Aaron Hansen. They... Mm-hmm. Uh, had him on as a guest and he just explained in detail while they were playing Banjo-Kazooie all of the things he did and all the secrets he hid in the musical oh, score. Nice. I was like, that is brilliant. I'd love <laughs> it if they could do more stuff with gamers like that. Play the game mm-hmm. that they worked on and it unlocks new memories for them rather than just like a sit-down interview. You're showing mm-hmm. them specific examples but she goes, oh, did I ever tell you about this? Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. There's a really good video, um, I sent this aside the other day, there's a really good video on Ars Technica where they sit down with an old member of Naughty Dog about how they hacked the PS one to make Crash Bandicoot work. Amazing. And it's like they had to like go into the guts of how it was rendering stuff and completely whatever they did, some technical wizardry that they did to make Crash One uh, run way more smoothly. And like the amount of detail that was in 
that level and the way that it handles like levels of detail based on um, proximity and all that kind of stuff and um, that's why crash one felt so revolutionary in like 98 ah, or whatever because um, really cool. they were doing things that literally no one else had done before when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, what culture gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Um, which is really cool. Um, next question from Jacob Rogers says, UBP, UBP, UBP. UBP. Mm-hmm. Hope you legends are well. With Sony announcing that a new studio will help Naughty Dog develop a new game, would you like to see a new IP or a revisit of a classic? Cough, Jack 4. Oh, see, now you're on the right <laughs> tracks there, my mm. friend, with Jack, but unfortunately you've, tro- you've chosen the wrong 
element here because mm. yes we should get more jack and daxter but we should get a remake of jack x combat racing the <laughs> final game see this is the best part and i love stating this fact everyone always thinks oh jack 3 was the final game that naughty dog made and mm. had a hand in no wrong fool it is jack x <laughs> they gave us a kart racer and then peaced out into the sunset what they need to do because they used to do that thing it was like three games in a kart racer crash yep. one two three crash team racing and uncharted kart racer let's go give, honestly give me the mature Naughty Dog Kart Racer. Let me have Joel, Ellie, Abby, Drake. Do you know what you yes. call it? Uncarted. <laughs> oh. That feels like the most obvious thing oh, in the world. Let's do it. It's staring them in the face. Like sometimes they steer into this sort of more cartoony style on Christmas cards and Halloween cards yeah, and whatever yeah. on the Sony Twitter account and everything. And it's like they did all the memes when the game's launched, but it's like just do just steer into it. Literally, ironically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just do a do a, a car race with all their mature franchises. Um yeah, I remember when did you ever see the sketches that leaked for Jack Four? They were like no, so no. like you have like a an actual dude called Jack and Daxter was like a rat that lives on his, his shoulder. Oh no. And it's like, they were, that was the, the direction they were going in um, after Uncharted 3 and they were going to do another Jack and Daxter called Jack 4 but it was going to be all reimagined and realistic and whatever. Oh no, and, um, no thank you. They apparently, you. as they were sketching that out, um, they were like, we're getting so far away from what Jack and Daxter is yeah. or what anyone would want yeah. and it became The Last of Us. Um, no way, is that actually true? It became yeah, 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 The Last of Us. Yeah, that's in their, um, their 30th anniversary art book which I massively recommend. There's some really good insights <clears throat> into that. Um, but yeah, so they, they initially had this idea for Jack 4 to be this like realistic thing, um, which I, I mean, I trust Naughty Dog, but I, I don't want that. If they do a Jack 4, I think it should be a, they should do a throwback to platforming with everything that they've yeah. learned over the years. I really, really hope that someone out there has done a mod for The Last of Us where they replace like either <laughs> Ellie or Joel with either Jack or Daxter, because that would be mm. hilarious. Mm-hmm. Where'd you come down on Daxter? I always love Dax, but I get like people like hate him. Oh, he's infuriating. He is, he is, <laughs> he is the claptrap of a different generation. Absolutely, he's the minions of he's back in the day. Aggressively annoying. He's just always doing the wrong things. He's always getting the heroes into trouble, mm-hmm. and he never makes any situation better. But he has an honest heart, and he tries his best, and that is all you can ask from people from time to time. True. I think overall, um, I want them to do a new thing. I just I push for new stuff all the time, and I feel like uh, in Naughty Dog's case, I want their next new IP. Um, there was a yeah. Where did they even go leaks. from here? Like like. Well, wh- that's the thing. So there was a couple of things leaked for them. One um, was a fantasy game where it seemed like a medieval thing with a female protagonist. There was some sketching, uh, some sketches that leaked from one of their artists on like LinkedIn okay. or something. Um, so that's like a nice swerve for them because they've done like lots of modern stuff and all yeah, fantasy that stuff could be really cool. Of, yeah, like Jack and Daxter, and I was like, maybe you do like a, like almost like a, I don't want to do like a Soulsian comparison, but a, that style, like old school medieval type yeah. thing, something like Kingdom Come Deliverance or something. Or Dragon Guard. Do a really good story. Yeah, yeah, and do like a really, really good story. Um, and then the other thing is that um, they keep teasing sci-fi stuff. They've te- teased Savage Starlight um, as okay. the comic that Ellie reads in uh, The Last of Us. And I'm sure that popped up somewhere else as well. And it was like oh, they talked about maybe doing a sci-fi game. Well, they've um, already said, yeah. haven't they, that the Uncharted games and Last of Us are linked together. So if they did another one mm, where they had a shared universe style thing, that could be really fun, actually. Yeah, I just want to see what they do next. Like, I want to see what the next, like, like, like clean slate. You've had this insane trajectory over the years of, like, like weird like 2d rpgs in the 90s into crash bandicoot into jack and dax uncharted last of us what is your next thing because the last generation of consoles was the first time they did like fourth installments for stuff or Mm -hmm. extra stuff Mm -hmm. like uncharted was done and then they did uncharted 4 and it's not like 4 isn't great but like i want to know what you do next because they used to they used to have such a great turnaround of franchises yeah 
I mean, they're great at creating mascots, no matter what they do. Mm. Even if they are just regular people, they make them into such beloved characters for the medium mm. of video games. So I personally would like to see them re- return to their sort of melting pot of ideas and create a new cartoony character. I want to go mm. old school. I want another. <laughs> like, I can't express how much fun I thought Jack and Daxter was when it first came out. Oh, same, Precursors yeah. Legacy, one of my favorite games ever. Jack 2, insanely good. Jack 3, despite all of its flaws here and there with the story, still incredible gameplay. Mm-hmm. And obviously Jack X Combat Racing, the best game that they've ever made. So <laughs> I want to see... Wait a minute, the- do you, would you prefer Jack X to CTR? Don't put this in. Don't, don't. <laughs> I don't want this on the record on the internet, mate. I... I, I you can say yes we're all friends here we can't though we can't say yes on the internet like this like i (laughs) in the grand annals of great kart racing games (laughs) you've got mario kart 8 is the top that is the best kart racing game i think i've ever played and still is i back that then it would be I'd have to give it to Crash Team Racing and then Jack ah! Dexter would be underneath that. Like, and then Diddy Kong Racing under that. That's, 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 oh, and then Speed Diddy Freaks Kong's under that. Like, yeah, yeah. I guess you do have, yeah, if you're going to go like historically, but between those two, I guess you pick CTR in this oh, it's, case. It's, a close, it's closer than I thought it was until you... Uh, that's crazy how close that is. I, I like Jack it. X, but it doesn't move as well as CTR for me. Not at all. I like all. how chunky Jack X is. It's, it's, it, like, it's mechanically not as good as CTR in mm. the slightest, but I love the fact that I was coming <laughs> off of a burnout like spree at oh, that time yeah. and it mm-hmm. feels so burnouty and i love mm-hmm. it so yeah i'd back that also like they, they actually like they do the rest of the story in jack x like, there are yeah, cutscenes there are story stuff yeah. and they actually do resolve like jack gets with kira in jack x which yep. is they were teasing for the whole trilogy um before then um next question from pinky who says hey legends it's been far too long it has hey, been welcome back um, i'm back after many months because i miss being part of the conversation um, can we talk about Assassin's Creed Unity? Scott inspired me to play it again, and it's great. Get past the rough edges, and it's the perfect Assassin's Creed game. I can't be the only one, as I've been matchmaking with online players on PlayStation 5. It seems better supported now than ever before. Yeah, I think that game is like a, a low-key, shiny little hidden gem, because mm. I feel like it was such an on-fire mess back in 2014. <laughs> um, but it's also the last like traditional Assassin's Creed, um, where it's not ridiculously over the top. It's just like... You know, you, you can't take out 50 guys at once. It doesn't yeah. have syndicates, gang fights. It's just, you're an assassin. And it has, like, in the missions themselves, they have, like, Hitman-style, like, go here and trigger this to kill the target in, like, a fancy yeah. way. Like, yeah. it was, like, Assassin's Creed borrowing from Hitman. And they never did that again. They never did, like, like set-piece kills, um, which I think is just a cool thing. So it's... I don't think Unity's perfect, but um, like Pinky says, I think it's way better than people think it is because they, they just assume that it's still, the faces are still falling off or whatever. Yeah. It's a real shame because I do agree with you that the set piece kills and uh, its hitman light approach uh, to gameplay was actually mm. really refreshing. And I genuinely yeah. wish that it would return to that. I, I really think that that was a a unique facet for Assassin's Creed at the time. And obviously the resurgence of Hitman and Hitman mm. 2 and how well those games have been received mm-hmm. does make me wish that maybe Assassin's Creed could implement that again in the future. It seems like that's what Mirage is going to be, but I guess we'll wait and see until we see, like, mm, gameplay stuff. Mm. But they've said, like, Mirage is, like, this back-to-basics thing. But, yeah, if you twin, like, like uh, Assassin's Creed parkour and the movement and, like, the fluidity of that with, like, cool, like, set-piece kills and, like, being able to get in and get out mm-hmm. and whatever, 
Um, yeah, I would I would love that stuff. Um, but yeah, Unity is like eight years old now, so it's had eight years worth of patches and bits and pieces, and they've the faces stay on now. Yeah. So it's maybe worth <laughs> checking something out. Uh, but next question from PG Quips, who says UBP UBP UBP. I've slowly been buying more digital than physical games recently. What for you makes a physical game worth purchasing? I'm a sucker mm. for a nice steel case or a collectible goodie like a canvas map or a mug, of course. Classic. Hope everyone at What Culture has a great day. And um, we also had a question from Honest NPC who says, "Hello, you awesome lads. Hope you're doing well. With digital sales taking over physical, what's your most memorable?" physical purchase that you bought mine was the midnight launch of halo 3 wow um, so I guess okay i yeah oh my god the halo 3 energy like that was life-defining i have the the cat helmet one that oh was the one nice I nice um <laughs> see i the only memorable sort of physical release that i can draw from hmm. is not a good experience and that was okay. my fallout uh four release day because i oh, waited yeah. outside i queued up and i was so excited for that mm-hmm. i got my steelbook edition i got home i put it into my ps4 at what like two o'clock in the morning by now <laughs> after the walk back home and uh-huh. maybe had a pint on the way there as well and then Two hours patch to download, so fell asleep during that. Woke up the next day, felt really groggy, didn't want to play it because I felt really like bad. So then put off <laughs> another two days, and then finally when I got to it, I was just like, oh, this isn't actually uh, that, all that special. I don't know why I waited right. up for this because I'd had a uh. bad sour taste. So that was the only that was a f- poor physical release because I waited all that time for mm-hmm. a I think it was a Pip Boy a Vault Boy mask, mm-hmm. which was crap and broke immediately, <laughs> and uh, a Steelbook version of the game which cost me an extra I think it was 15 pounds so i paid 15 pounds for literally nearly nothing oh see the thing is i do like a good steelbook i never have anywhere to put them but i always yeah. i collect steelbooks like i got this the skyward sword one on switch and i got like um i'm gonna get bayonetta three sky fancy, fancy edition and everything but like yeah i mean what when was the last time you bought like a, a collector's edition thing or do you tend to stay away from that um stuff? i don't usually buy collector's edition stuff because the only one that i'm really looking forward to is the ragnarok uh, version because mm. it's got those sexy sexy dice if they've got dice or anything to do with board game stuff in i am there for it i think mm-hmm. the best one that i actually i can't even say i bought it because we got sent it by sega uh, was mm. the valkyrie chronicles 4 um uh, special edition which had the uh, a, a model of a tank with all of the main characters on the oh, yeah. uh, i want to say it's called the idol vice i think that's what it was called um yeah, it had so. the uh had a steel book and mm-hmm. it had a little dog hat, which was great because one of the main characters <laughs> that you can have in the game is a little Sheba who comes in and heals your people as a medic. Uh, but it's like more a random encounter. So, yeah. More, do- yeah, more dog medics, please. <laughs> I think overall, though, like, yeah, that, that whole thing um, has been doing the rounds this week about statistics on, on digital versus physical. It's doing the rounds for the last like few years. But the idea that I'm sure it's 81% of all sales are digital now. Um, and Capcom released some statistic where it's like 91% of their sales are all digital mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. So very, very few people are picking up physical. Um, do you have anything that would get you buying physical again? Like, Because I, I will get a collector's edition. I, for the love of me, cannot find a good collector's edition of Sonic Frontiers. I wanted to throw money at that thing, <laughs> but I can't get a figure of him. Um, so I've, there's that. But, I think um, I think the yeah. figures are a good way to do it because it's like mm. it's a physical totem of your love for the game. There, um, mm. steel books are nice but not essential in my opinion. Um, I just I want the tat to be removed. Like I don't want like a mm. cloth map. I'm not going to use it. Don't give it. Don't mm. give a toss mm. unless the map itself has 
a secret or a code written on it that you can decipher in game for extra content leave it be mate get rid of the postcards no one's sending postcards <laughs> with them that is absolute bollocks um, I put them on my wall I've got a bunch of old Scarface cards from the Scarface The World Is Yours launch and they're just on my old wall at my parents house I mean I, I guess clothing is okay because if it's like a limited mm. edition you can only get it in that one there and it's decent not just like mm-hmm. the name of the game on there in like Times New Roman that's tosh like give me something that's really cool like if it's um uh leon s kennedy's replica jacket in the game or a good Uh, example would be if a disco elysium released with the clothing that was coming out for it but obviously now we're in tepid water with the developers of or the designers of that (laughs) game stepping out and doing not wanting anything to do with the um gaming industry anymore so Mm -hmm. we did see that jacket at egx they were like that's the one i was on about i wanted that jacket yeah do you know how much about much it was though wasn't it like a bidding thing for it? So nah, it was like really nah. high. So, so what they were doing here is it's ridiculously expensive. But what you were doing is you couldn't even buy it from the show floor. You put your name on a mailing list for them to mail right. you when it was available. It was £399 for um, for one of the jackets on there. And that wasn't, didn't even include free delivery. And like, right. they told me the sob story. It's like, oh, it's just one person making all of these clothes. It's a labour of love. And I totally get that. Respect the mm-hmm. artist for that price. But that price should never have been allowed there should have been more help there should have been more support there should have been a better means of manufacturing to bring the cost Mm -hmm. down because no one wants to pay 400 pounds for a video game jacket no, I also don't think that that um, sole creator will get a big enough cut of the £400 thing. Anyway, Definitely it feels not. like that's going to go to the new management. That just feels like them going, we can exploit that work, <laughs> the yeah. love that they have and for the franchise. And it sucks, because so I bet far. you anything there's going to be rails upon rails of those clothing that won't shift, and then there'll have mm. to be a cut price, and that person, the artist, will not get a due day for their hard work. So mm-hmm. it sucks. I would have bought it yes. if it was like about 200 quid cheaper, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm curious. Yeah, I guess for that particular thing, I'm curious how that the whole thing with Disco. I'm so curious how the hell mm, that shakes mm. out. That, that, if you, you ever want to go and Google it, it sounds so crazy. Have you noticed that it's been like relatively quiet? Like the media hasn't been mm. uh, big on it, and that annoys me in a way because everyone was hyping up. Oh, Disco Elysium is my game of the year. Disco mm. Elysium is the best thing. I retweeted it out the day that it broke because I got. I luckily was in the right place at the right time and saw it happen, mm. and zero interest in it. And I'm like, guys, <laughs> how much have me and Scott been talking about how much this game needs to be in the public eye and mm. how we talk about transparency in the game industry there needs to be more eyes on this and yeah um, i think it's hard because i think that the trajectory of that was like yeah like cultural sort of hidden gem cult classic kind of mm, indie mm, darling mm. thing and then massively blown out of proportion by i'm sure it was amazon at the top who are in charge of it now um, and then there's gonna be a disco elysium tv series which didn't feel like it lined up at all yeah. i think people are just a bit confused as to like where the hell do i start with this thing mm-hmm. um but just go go if you have access to it go pick up disco elysium that thing is incredible um, but yes, overall, um, physical stuff, I remember the Halo 3 day as well. For me, it's all figures, it's all stuff that I can put on a shelf, some sort of cool collectible or something. Um, that's what gets me buying. Otherwise, it's digital because I just want to switch between games faster than get up and put the disc yeah, in. Yeah, it's but, interesting yeah. that you're on about how there's like 80% of people are buying uh, digital and yet the prices of these games are going up. <laughs> it's, like they're, it's almost like their joke about or their statement saying that... Um, the reason the prices are going up is still because of physical costs of printed media. It's a lie. Yeah. It's a no. lie. <laughs> we we called this ages ago, and I, that yeah. was always the thing with digital storefronts because then they controlled the pricing. Like if the, the whole thing of like pre-ordered, uh, pre-owned games or physical retailers or whatever, that's the only way you get away from the RRP. Yeah. Um, anyone hosting a storefront will just charge you as much as they want, which is the Overwatch 2 problem. I guess that to go back to what uh, physical edition would you buy, mm. I guess a game you love and want to hold on to forever 
that is the game you buy. And it doesn't need to yeah, be a yeah. good game. It's just a game that you love enough to own physically mm-hmm. in this day and age. And That tends to be my thing if I'm going to like keep a hold of it, yeah. You know what, though? In about 10, 15, 20 years' time, when these mm-hmm. games get removed from uh, the storefronts because of licensing issues or uh, people like folding and publishers changing the rights and whatever... There is going to be a lot of our games that we can't play anymore because we didn't buy them physical. Yeah. And they will be exorbitantly expensive by that point. So I guess now you have to ask yourself, every time a new game comes out, like your Sonic Frontiers case, do mm. you want to own a physical copy so that 10 years down the line you can still say, <laughs> I own it, even though it's been deleted off of all storefronts for being the worst game ever released in 2022? <laughs> to experience the majesty yeah, exactly. of Sonic Frontiers in 2040 yeah. with my grandkids or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that, yeah, I like the whole idea of access points, but I'm so curious of like, what uh, what is the gaming landscape in the future? Because mm-hmm. we've pushed so much into digital across the last 10 years. And it's like, do, do companies honor that? Like, probably not. I mean, even looking at Nintendo going from the virtual console on the Wii U to how the virtual console adjacent stuff is on the Switch, it's nowhere near as well fleshed out. Um, and there's that whole thing from Jim Ryan on Sony's side saying people don't care about this stuff. And they're doing mm-hmm. the bare minimum for PlayStation mm-hmm. Plus mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of offering you stuff. Um, a last question from uh, Darren Barkley who says happy Halloween is there a particular Ooh. horror IP Ooh. you would like to see a game made about I would like to see an it game I think that could go a lot of different directions or they could go a lot of different directions with Pennywise my favorite mug is also the one with coffee in it oh legends yeah because I was asking people <laughs> what their favorite mugs were um, yeah. so I guess uh, that uh, the it game if it was an asymmetrical multiplayer title would mm. actually work really well and I can immediately mm. think off the top of my head if you used the red balloons as a sort of like because you know in um in it the whole concept is is that it feeds off of fear whereas Mm. like in friday the 13th the video game it's all about killing and stalking your opponents Mm -hmm. so what you could do is approach the gameplay from a slightly different perspective and have it fear generation being the means in which you damage the other person so putting the red balloons around like using windows and doors to suddenly swing open and close and if they keep seeing them they get more freaked out yeah they get more freaked out and that gives you more power and you evolve like in the video game evolve until your final form where you then go and start killing the uh Mm -hmm. the kids or at that point the only problem is is that it is centered around children and children being mm. killed probably not going to sell that well with the um <laughs> sensor rating so maybe that's why we've not had an it game i'm sure there's some yep. old old school one but yeah like that that, that property has barely been approached in video games but you can't whatever. show a kid being eaten alive no. like that probably won't fly i think you have to do something where pennywise is just haunting um teenagers or something kind of like in the friday the 13th game yeah. or something like yeah. you've got to age it up a little bit um, mine would be the thing. I just, I just want a oh, thing game. You. I know yes. we've had a thing game, yeah. but like, I feel like there's definitely a way to either do. Um, thing is, like, if you're just going to go full, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Then maybe you have the old school approach to the thing, the one that came out in like 2005 or whatever it was, and where it's story based and certain AI characters like, are becoming the creature and whatever. Yeah. Or you have a dynamic multiplayer that is plugged into parts of the story, kind of like the Divisions multiplayer, and where you're doing the story, you're figuring stuff mm-hmm. out, what's going on, you're doing exploration, survival horror style, and then an- another player can literally be the thing when they mutate so that they can bust out, or they can pick who they want to bust out of um, so that you would never know who's it's who. It's like maybe the Deathloop style thing. Yeah, yeah, kind of like Deathloop. And I'm just like, maybe you do a, a thing game that's like half Resident Evil 2 remake, half Among Us. And it's because Among Us is pretty much the yeah, thing anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm just, I just want, the, the thing is my favorite property and I, I went to see halloween kills the other night sorry halloween ends yeah the other night any and good 
It, oh god, it's not. It's a. It's a thing. It's a <laughs> pictures moved on a screen. Oh. I am. Um, that's a weird movie. I appreciate what they went with, but that that movie is completely mismarketed. The thing that's in the trailers is only the final ten minutes. There's a whole other movie in there. Really? That just not. Oh yeah, that they're not showing at all. Oh um, no. It's all about a different person, different character, and everything else. I quite liked how big of a risk they took and how it made the trilogy feel. Um, but know that if you're going to see that movie, you're not seeing a big old showdown between Laurie Strode yeah. and Michael Myers yeah, yeah. until the last 10 minutes. But yeah, seeing that, because it's John Carpenter doing the music and everything, just reminded me how awesome The Thing is. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, there's so much more you could do with The Thing as an interactive uh, horror experience. Like yeah. that idea of your friend, just their face breaks and they're the, they're the thing all along. Yeah, like, I think yeah, that's yeah. Really, that could really be cool. quite cool. Um, but yes, I forgot. It's Halloween this Sunday. It's Halloween this weekend. Oh, who knows anymore? Let's ask Ash <laughs> Millman. Uh, let me just message her that. Uh, she says, Halloween is every day, baby. Okay, that's not really helpful. That's not really helpful. Okay. I'm pretty sure Halloween, um, yeah, will be this weekend. So massive happy Halloween to everyone for enjoying whatever they're doing. Get your pumpkin spice lattes. Monday the Maybe. 31st of October. Maybe drunk from uh, one of our mugs. But for now, this has been the UBP, the UBP. The UB. The UBP. A massive thank you <laughs> everybody for sending in their spooky questions and everything else. Um, I've been Scott Tilford. You've been Jules Gill. I have unfortunately been me. <laughs> <laughs> the truly horrifying reality that's doing it is true yeah, yeah and remember Jules you can uh, go tune in to uh, next Thursday uh, go over to our Twitters uh, I'm at Retro J but the O is a zero and Scott is at uh, slash LP89 and every yeah. Thursday we ask for your questions gaming related or not so stay tuned <laughs> my friends whatever you prefer but for now thank you very much and we'll catch you next week bye <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.